0: People of the world, I'm so excited. I'm thrilled to be alive. Are you thrilled to be alive? I sure hope you are. I know that there is an immense amount of suffering on this planet. Don't you feel it's like a challenge in a video game? Don't you feel like as you move forward, it's like the game designers create obstacles to keep you entertained. And when we look at a video game, it's so easy to see how the designers of that game create the obstacles. You start with the tutorial phase, like being a baby, and then it gets progressively more difficult, and we don't necessarily get really upset at the design of the game. Sometimes we do. We go, this particular game is garbage and I hate it, and we throw the controller and you rage quit. This does happen, Uh, but if you take a step back, you see sort of like the universe doing what the universe does, which is this immaculate, incredible dance of sort of adding to our patience having us realize that the thoughts that enter into our minds we can control and when we're giving ourselves credit we can create incredible things using this psychic energy that all of us have whether that's envisioning a more positive future seeing a more healthy version of ourselves it influences our choices and so our guest today used said psychic energy to suffer (laughs) driving from Ohio back to California in an ambulance. Now, why the heck would he be in an ambulance? You might be wondering. That's a weird thing to do. He's probably not going to a hospital. No, he's not. He was actually driving this ambulance back to California because his nonprofit is doing something I've never heard of ever. Anyone do. Which is taking an ambulance and making it like van lifestyle. You understand what I'm saying? If you're homeless and people come in and get you some sort of job training or whatever you need to get you back on your feet and you're in California, are you going to be able to afford an apartment in California? I don't think so. If you had the ability to, say, take your home, which in this case is an ambulance, and drive to Ohio and start your new life there, well, then that would solve a lot of problems now, wouldn't it? Brilliant idea. As a Marine himself, uh, uh, our guest today is all about helping the veterans. We've got tons of folks who are suffering, who have served this country, and What an innovative approach to precisely that. So the founder of rescueresidence.org is with us today. You're in for a real treat. His name, I'm glad you asked. It's Daniel
1: Blow. Hey, Hey, how's it going? (laughs) How are you doing today?
0: Good to have you on the show. So you were in Ohio and the air conditioning didn't work the whole way in this ambulance that you just got. Right. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's two separate parts to the air conditioning too. So like the, the cab, like any van or vehicle would be normally air conditioned. There's kind of like a separate air conditioning control for the whole box so that, um, you know, anybody doing medical care in the back or whatever could have their own air kind of pumping into that large space. And yeah, neither one of them worked. So, uh, for the, for the 46 hour drive, um, Neither anybody who was driving or those who were trying to get the rest in the cycle in the back in order to get it back here as fast as we could uh, had any kind of climate control. So, yeah, we were just definitely dealing with whatever nature gave us.
0: So in case you're ever thinking about donating to rescue residents, uh, all you really need to know is that Daniel's willing to live in an air-conditionless environment during one of the most ridiculous September heat waves, I think, of perhaps all time. It's real hot out there right now. Um, yeah, that's Kansas.
1: Yeah. Kansas was super hot. Like everywhere else seemed to be like, uh, you know, manageable, but driving through Kansas was killing us. It was so so hot in Kansas while we're out there.
0: All right. So you have a really interesting job for the Marines. I'm not sure you can tell us what you do for them. I don't know if that's like a top secret confidential information. Um, but let's get a little bit of background about what your day job is. And now that folks know what res, uh, Rescue Residence is all about.
1: Yeah. So my, my primary role um, from like a, an operational perspective is to plan communications architectures for the like interconnected nature of it. So it's, the, it's satellite communications primarily um, and other like wideband terrestrial and then narrowband terrestrial radio communication stuff. So, um, you know, even for cell phone towers, if you think about it that way. So for you driving down the road, it's a planner of a person who says, okay, do I have enough antennas and enough power to give you coverage over the whole area you need? Um, and then for me using satellites as a big part of that too. Um, but my specific job right now, um, is outside of that normal tactical role. And, in, uh, instead I'm, I'm in charge of all of the communications radio communications training for every single Marine that goes through, uh, any kind of course for the Marine Corps. So at uh, Marine Corps communications, uh, electronic school and, 29 Palms, California, basically anything that we are going to teach, I decide how we teach it and whether we do or don't teach certain things uh, as long as I'm, and obviously I'm, I'm, you know, getting feedback and input from the entire Marine Corps uh, community amongst myself, like my, my community as to whether or not there are things we need to work on and improve. But the final kind of decision comes down to me and uh, our, our schoolhouse commander basically.
0: Yeah. Incredible. So it's not as if Daniel is just, you know, walking around with his lazy butt and his lazy pants on all day. No, he's got a big boy job. And then he's going to Ohio and driving back air conditionless. And that just seems almost like a Marine, uh, not boot camp's probably the wrong word, but it should be something. They should add that, right? They should travel to Kansas as part of your training. <laughs> I
1: don't know. So there was a, a good line in a, a book series, uh, it's called the core series. It's, it's a really, really great series. And like, uh, he, one of the guys talked about, it's like, there's no reason to train specifically, like develop training scenarios just to make you uncomfortable because trust me, we're going to do plenty of that anyways. So you're going to get good at being uncomfortable without needing to specifically design training events for it. Uh, so I'll tell you like several convoys in Afghanistan, um, were exactly the same thing. It is hot in those trucks. There is nothing you can do about it. Um, so for me, like that would not have been a plan. I would absolutely have preferred air conditioning, but knowing that it didn't have it and knowing that I have a mission and I have an objective and I don't care uh, that I'm uncomfortable, um, you know, you, you just kind of find a way to, to push through and yeah, you, that means you get better at it later. But uh, yeah, it's definitely an experience similar to others that I've had. <laughs> so I'm going to push you a little bit on the marketing front. I hope you have
0: the right answer for me. It sure. might get awkward, Daniel, but did you take the camera in the sweaty hotness of the of kansas point it towards your face and share that story
1: yeah yeah uh so we recorded a whole bunch um i actually at one point in kansas we were rolling down some rural road literally just grain fields on all sides and windmills off on our left and uh i were rolling up and i see it ahead in the distance luckily i was driving um and there's this construction company not too far from um oh gosh i can't believe i can't think of it it's really popular Western, uh, like in, in old old Western movies uh, city. Anyways, so uh, there, if there's a construction company and on the side of their main warehouse building, this huge American flag, like giant painting on the side of the building. Like Rip the, rip the thing off the road. Get the drone out. I'm like, okay, it, you get back in the, the, the ambulance, drive down the road, turn around, come back the way we just came. I'm going to put the drone across the road and get a shot of you coming down the road and end with perfect American flag right there, right? So I was thinking about it the whole time. I will say that with no air conditioning, windows down, driving down the road, the the plan I originally had was dash, dash, like um, GoPro and like conversations the whole time. But it was so loud. There was no there was no point in doing almost any of the cab conversations I originally had planned. Um, And then from an editing and like you've made it clear so far, like I don't have all of the time in the world because of so many things that I'm doing. Um, my son's in college right now. He's actually entering his junior year in college, and he's he's going to do the editing. So I've just uploaded it to Google Drive and be like, edit all this raw footage into something that looks reasonably good, and then we'll probably plan out a couple of scenes where I record something here talking to what we were doing and then some voiceovers. So.
0: Beautiful. Uh, if you aren't listening uh, to Daniel's Marketing Masterclass... Uh, yeah, pay attention because really it's so funny to me that marketing seems like something that you, I don't know, gain expertise in over time. And to the extent that that's true, fine. I will uh, admit that. But there's a huge piece of the puzzle, which is, hey, guess what? It's uncomfortable and you're going to do it anyway, right? It's, you know, like, do you want to whip around on the side of the road? And, you know, because you saw the America, is it on your mind or not? These are major questions to be asking yourself uh, if you're a marketer. Do you care? Do you think about it at all? Because if you really care, you will come up with this incredible video. Because we all these vi- – look, back in the day, you had to plan this stuff, right? You had to get the $10,000 camera. You had to hire the video production crew. They had to come down. They had they had the power. They were the magicians, and you just had to, like, deal with the fact that that was the reality of the situation. It is not that way anymore. So I love – that you've got a top of mind and you're just knocking it out because that's marketing in 2020 too.
1: Yeah. I feel like, um, and it's is something I'm catching as I'm learning more and more about running a nonprofit is that um, it seems like many nonprofits too don't put their, their marketing concepts or their story or their content creation at the forefront of what it is that they're doing, despite the fact that they are creating content that people want to know about and hear about and talk about and think about every single day they're doing their missions but they're just not out there capturing it right they're not out there with cameras they're not out there really like capitalizing and 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 again I, I think maybe some people hear that and think it's a nonprofit. you're supposed to do your mission but i also have to be able to do that mission and that is can be done by like being able to tell that story and get people interested and understand what is it you're doing i say there's um there's one that was like really making this um making me realize that there are a few doing it but it's not a common thing there's a a street vet in la and san diego and every single time he's going out, there, like, they just record their interviews while they're helping people who are homeless uh, at that time in either Los Angeles or San Diego um, while he helps their pets. And you get to see pets like this is like Internet meme level 11, you know, where like I'm out there with pets and I'm helping people and you can't not do well with those videos. Yeah, and then for some reason there's a
0: baby. Why is there a baby? And then there's that Shibu Inu that shows up the super but like, why is he in the background? Uh maybe you know,
1: maybe he gets at the the vet the baby part by so he's he's a he's a pretty young veterinarian. He does have kind of a baby face. So maybe that's so. how he gets the baby, the baby piece going. There's a Get baby then, maybe <laughs> um
0: yeah, so you're marketing a nonprofit. I have been involved with various nonprofits in my day and the word that inevitably comes up is the f word fundraising it's always in the conversation and i think if i hadn't had that experience inside of these organizations that i might see them differently but look there if you're if you have a non you still have a sales and marketing team for sure uh the united way of southern nevada for example i mean they are they have to be huge fundraisers because they are put they are writing big checks to nonprofits and people aren't just gonna wake up one day, turn over and say, oh, I want to give the United Way a bunch of money today. You gotta be reminded of it. They got to show up to the casino. They got to talk about the amazing work that they're doing. Yeah, is what it is, sales and marketing. So you're up for the challenge then, huh? Uh,
1: that part of it absolutely uh, I still think that you know experience in fundraising is something I don't have, and that I need to find people who are, are more skilled at it. I mean, um, uh, a guy that's on our board uh, taught me this concept, and, and I had never heard the term before. I just had always done it, which was autodidact, right? He's learned all these things himself, right? He's always been self taught. And I've done a lot of the same thing. Uh, I just knew that I was doing self learning and self teaching, just didn't realize there was like a single word for it, which was super sure. cool. Um, and so I'm I, like, I think I've read. 10 books lately on nonprofit um, fundraising specifically. Um, There's a whole podcast that I've basically consumed every single episode and they've been running for about five years (laughs) on just nonprofit management and leadership. Um, And so I'm doing everything I can to learn it, but I still am working right now to assemble the team. You know, I'm I'm putting the Avengers together at this point and we haven't, we haven't made it. We haven't made the whole team yet, but uh, you need someone who's got more skill and experience on the team with that particular piece of it. Um, So I'm still working on that.
0: Yeah, putting the Avengers together. I love it. I feel like Hinduism was the original Marvel um, mm-hmm. because it's all just all these different gods and demigods like running around and doing all this incredible stuff. And there are all these books that they had um, in this ancient religion. And then uh, then Marvel shows up and literally, it was Doctor Strange in one scene. And it's not, no spoilers, but he walks up to this girl and they're by the bar and he like touches the water and he turns it into wine. And then he goes, too much on the nose. I mean, I'm like, what? So anyway, putting together the Avengers is sort of the idea. Um, And so how much do you buy into the notion that if you can see it in your brain and you hold on to it and you invest enough mental energy into something that it tends to exist externally at some point? Do you are a big believer in that or do you think that's just like foo-foo hippie nonsense?
1: No, I mean I totally do. So you're opening to stuff talking about video games and like part of the the thing that happens with a video game for at least I think our generation probably is like I know without a fact that like without I mean sorry without a doubt that I can that it is possible to get through this level, right? That there's a way. There's a way to do it. And so it takes just trying new things, practicing, getting through it. And I think that growing up playing games like that and learning through that that structure has built me into a big part of who I am. Uh, One of the books that I was reading not too long ago says in it, like one of the things you really have to figure out about yourself is, is your defining question, right? So each of us has this defining question. It's the question that in almost every action we take, we're asking ourselves. And so you're, you're constantly asking yourself this. Maybe if you don't realize it, there's somehow this one kind of primary question. And so to figure that out about yourself is really important. And so I spent a few weeks after that really trying to figure out what mine was. And I did figure it out, which is that it's um how do I fix this problem? It's become a part of my nature and my character. And it, it, the book talks about pretty much every question. If you really pin down your defining question, there's probably a positive and a negative to the fact that you're asking yourself that question constantly. Mm. And so for me, it means I do always see like there's a way I can. There's a way that I can fix this. If there's a problem, there's a way for it to be solved. But then what it does on the flip side of it, the negative side is then makes me look at everything like it's a problem that needs to be fixed that and, and that I have to fix. And so it forces me into this kind of this mindset sometimes that I I have to control myself and step away from be like, one, not my problem or not a problem that I need to fix. Or is that really even a problem or am I just seeing it that way because that's my nature? And so I think a lot of that came from the video game development of my entire life, basically, where I see each of these problem sets as a way. There's absolutely a way. So I kind of like focused on that throughout my life. So absolutely, if you manifest, it, if you work on it, if you really push um, and see it as a thing that you must do, like with the right amount of effort and the right amount of creativity, really, I think that creativity is a big part of it. That's not necessarily uh, focused on enough today. Uh, you can do it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, shout out to those one guy in chat. I used to be a chess streamer. And uh, he was one of the locals who would swing by. So, those one guy, good to see you, buddy. Um, so, yes, I think that in my life there have been many moments where I've had held a vision for quite a while, and then when it co- becomes real, it doesn't feel that surprising because I've I've been there in my head so many times. It's it's almost like rehearsing a speech, right? You got a big speech coming up. Maybe it's like a wedding, like you're the best man, you got to give a speech. And then the night before, you're just like running over the speech in your head over and over and over again, right? You fall asleep, you wake up. And then when you're finally giving the speech, you're sort of like, oh, this is the moment. And you, you can kind of like enjoy the moment because all that prep, mental prep, kind of got you there. Um, and I feel like the universe wants us to believe that you can do that with anything, like anything. You know, like president of this Fortune 500 company, some crazy vision. And it doesn't always manifest exactly as you would think it, right? But there's a moment in my experience where it, for me, it would be you driving back in the ambulance, right? Uh, two years ago, a year ago, whenever that inkling of a thought of doing this, oh, oh wouldn't an ambulance be brilliant? And then you're like, oh, and you're getting jazzed about that idea. And then these thoughts start, you know, doing their thing in your head. And then fast forward to that moment where you're like driving back and you see the American flag. Did you imagine seeing an American flag that you could take drone foot? No, probably not. You probably didn't see that specific moment, but it is an outward manifestation of all those thoughts and ideas you
1: had. Yeah, there was definitely like a prepared for some kind of a shot or a scene or something that needed to. And honestly, even the the windmills was kind of telling me that this is somewhere where we need to really be paying attention to what's going on. So the, I'm, I'm here in the high desert area, like the inland desert area of Southern California and down near Palm Springs on the way up towards here. I've already filmed several of my like YouTube channel videos have our windmills in it. Like all the huge windmills that are here. And so the shot there includes windmills and it's like tying, tying the two places together. And in my mind, as we were driving down this place, I was like, there's gotta be somewhere really great. Cause it's one, i really wanted to film a shot right there in ohio but it was like in the town and there was power lines everywhere i'm like i'm not flying my drone and, and ended up mm-hmm. running into a power line or something so i was like i'll i'll move out and immediately like shoot just somewhere as soon as we get into somewhere open and and it was just never really perfect and plus i was like i want to go i want to go i want to go and uh it just that moment kind of came so
0: yeah it's beautiful it's you you are mentally prepared for it Not to mention how many people just, you know, have an idea like that. And then that's the thing about ideas is it's like you need to plant the seed, but then you have to keep watering it. The idea is the seed, you got to water it. Is it getting enough sun? Is it getting too much water? And you like play that game. And then the environment eventually gets to the point where like more seeds fall from that original, um, you know, plant or that original seed. Um, They say plant an oak tree, expect a uh, plant, an oak seed, expect an oak tree. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, here you are. So how big is the vision? What kind of tree? Is this a shrub? Is this an oak tree? Are we going global? What are we doing with this, Daniel? How big do you want this to get?
1: So for sure, at least um, all of the major metropolitan areas nationally, right? So this is a national problem. We're talking about American veterans for one. So I don't think international support for it um, can can happen organically, at least not you know, in the the short-term vision timelines that I'm looking at, five to ten years, um, sure it could, as a concept, grow into different national organizations that would then support their own veterans. It's just the idea of an international organization that supports each country's individual veterans would be, right. I think, hard to make sense to make make sense to people. Um, but definitely, um, every major metropolitan area in the country needs somewhere on the outskirts of it, just beyond the suburbs and into where you're considering it rural, right? So there's a place where you're getting away from the city, because that's a part of the concept, to work on and build yourself and your ambulance uh, that will become your home to then move on to anywhere you want to go. And it could be back near a city somewhere, uh, but I do think it needs to be a different city for at least a period of time, right? So this is one of the kind of cornerstones of our piece uh, is that If you're experiencing homelessness, most of the time, it's a cycle too. So you'll, you'll find a way out and then go back and find a way out and go back. And it could be through programs. It could just be on your own. So it's generally a cycle um, through the studies I've done. And I think what needs to happen is something to break that cycle, which could just be as simple as like, you need to go somewhere else for a little while, get away from either the people or the places that you're so comfortable with and used to that you just fall back into that rut, that cycle and let yourself kind of end up in that tough position. And so instead let's let's set you up for success by making sure you have a trade skill. Let's make sure you have that job. Let's make sure you have a safe place to live and, and then get you out there and then let you flourish from there. And if you decide to come back home, fine. But then by then you've kind of figured everything back out for yourself and really know what you want to do and where you want to go,
0: so. Yeah, I've just never, I've never heard of anything quite like it. Giving them the ability to travel that mobility, van lifestyle, ambulance life. I mean, does it have to be an ambulance every time? No, you could find other ways too. It's just a way to get them into a vehicle ultimately um, from point A to point B. I like the ambulance, I'm for yeah. it, I vote yes. Um, but the whole idea is the mobility piece, right? Of We can get yeah. you from city A to city B and you yeah. can start a new life.
1: The cornerstone is to a solution for mobility, right? It's It's, it's housing first, Uh, To include like personal development and then a mobile like a a home option that's mobile, but I'll I'll counter with saying like no, I absolutely it must be an ambulance. So (laughs) uh, if I if I ask you right, if I ask you what does an ambulance do, it helps people. It helps people. It saves people. Right. So you already know that looking at it that an ambulance is helping someone. It's saving someone. So these are rescue residences, not just homes that happen to get somebody somewhere. This is a I think rescue I great home.
0: branding, you know, because right. when people see it, they'll, they'll definitely know. I also yeah. think that
1: if you someone- You opened with said, marketing, so we're going back to it. Oh, you no, with I'm right there with
0: you. I just think that if someone's like, I will give you this other vehicle that's not an ambulance, I will donate to you, that you're, you're going to take it. <laughs> I think that's also true because you're helping one more veteran, right? I think yeah. at the absolute core of the idea is helping people. I think that what drives you and I think that, you know, that you would do that. If, look, if 99% of them are ambulances, I I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I,
1: I what I would do is I would I would take it in, we would customize it and then I would sit, you know, give it away at an auction or something so that we're raising additional money to get more ambulances.
0: All right, Daniel, <laughs> feel, he feels strongly about the ambulance thing. He's like, "Nah, brand brand Nah, it's beautiful. Uh, the other thing about Daniel that you should know is he has excellent dental uh, hygiene because he's got a dentist appointment that he's got to get to. Uh, so he's got to go. So let's give the fine folks um, the rundown. Right. Where do they go? How do they reach you? that sort of stuff?
1: OK, uh, so as far as social media stuff goes, uh, we are on all of them to the fact that to the extent that like um, we weren't doing TikTok, uh, I, I was doing. Videos once a week on YouTube that kind of covered everything I'd done each each day, each week, because being active duty and setting this thing up and, and basically kind of starting from scratch and just getting started. I was like if I do one thing every day, just something to keep pushing us forward, then I'll get there. So I was just kind of recapping what I was doing each day. And uh, we did meet with a completely free consult too through score.org, which is awesome uh, to, to kind of go over our social media. Uh, interactions and he's like, "Are you doing TikTok?" And I'm like, "No, TikTok is for you know teenagers dancing on the internet. I don't have anything to do with that." And he's like, "No, you absolutely businesses are moving there." And you know, I didn't know that, so this was something he told us to do. He said, "Just take your once a week video and instead just do the video every day. Just put out one every day, a little little one minute video on TikTok." So started doing that. So yes, we're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, TikTok. So. Uh, I think primarily the easiest way to get to all of those would be go to our actual website itself, uh, www. Although you don't really need to say that anymore, I guess. RescueResidence.org, right? Um, and then in the top, you'll see all of the social media pieces there. If you have a preferred one that you use more regularly, you're welcome to just sign up on the one. I'm not pushing for numbers on social media or anything like that. It's just so that you can get the message where you prefer to have it delivered. I'm trying to make sure that those videos are available to to all of those platforms.
0: Yeah. Um, in chat, those one guy uh, is furious that you're not on Google Plus. He's absolutely <laughs> livid. He's livid.
1: Yeah, yeah, I see that. So <laughs> yeah, cool. uh, I haven't done Google Plus. So, like, I've done quite a few YouTube <laughs> channels, which is super <laughs> I funny. I don't think it doesn't even yeah.
0: exist anymore. So, not
1: no, <laughs> no, I think it does it. Yeah, no, I, think I, I don't definitely. think I ever once made any of those a Google Plus page separately. So, if you want I to tried.
0: formally publicly apologize to those one guy for not being on Google mm. Plus, that would be a great time to.
1: No, now I feel like I need to go put one together. Okay. <laughs> Please, all right. uh, be People pleaser. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yep.
0: So, um, all right. Well, good times. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash send it rising. Y'all know the drill. Join us live. Uh, if you are like most folks and you watch the show, listen to it on the podcast after the fact. Thank you so much. We genuinely appreciate it. Tell a friend. Hashtag send it rising. Barefoot longboarding videos. At send it rising all over the place, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. I just got back from Hawaii. So if you want to see some Hawaii footage, mm. again, at send it rising. Enjoy. Daniel, thanks so much for swinging by the show. I love what you're doing. I love your passion. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Give the fine folks one little piece of wisdom and then sign off.
1: All right. Uh, I did not expect that. Um, so I guess last piece would be, you know, Put, put out into the universe what you expect to get back, right? So that's kind of how I think we started this was, do you think that if you put that energy and effort into it that you can manifest it? And um, this is something that has come over me just as I th- thought through things and I'm coming on retirement and everything seemed to coalesce perfectly. And it seems like despite it not being maybe the center of my focus, it's always been in my peripherals, something that I was looking at and then seeing the problem more focus for me uh, just happens. And so then realizing this is a thing that needs to exist and it was time to stop talking about it and to do something about it. So I decided I was going to go ahead and push and manifest it. So, you know, put out the energy that you expect to get back. I'm trying to stay positive, And I think that's all we have to do in life.
0: Love it. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next Thank time. Thank
1: you.